So, uh, so this is official. We're starting. We're starting. Yeah. When did we even think about it? Well, we've been been doing this, but now we decided we might as well record it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when did we even decide to make it a podcast or record it even? When we very first met, I think we were chatting for a little bit and we said, we should, you, I think you said we should record this back then. And we never did. And then we've been back and forth and up to think, well, you know, we should record some of this stuff. It'd be useful. And maybe other people would find it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What I like is I think we're both very similar in that we like to move quite fast. So you had an idea. I went, yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, just record it, create a podcast. What should we call it? You went, I'll tell you what, let's do this one. Let's chat sales. It's available. Excellent. I like the word chat, you know, because I think... I think it's a great word. I like to have chats with people, not trying yep. to sell to them. And then we, we bought the domain. You went off to Anchor, where it's free, yep. created yep. it, did some yep. great little artwork. And there we go. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that that is, to me, one of the drivers for this. And I think that's part of the topic for this conversation, right? Is that, like, why we did this and some of the ingredients that went, go into a podcast. Because one of the things we often talk about is how many tools are out there and how useful they can be, but at the same time, how much of a distraction they can be. Yeah. Right. You can get wrapped up around the axle, as we say here on this side of the pond. You know, you get wrapped up around the axle with all these moving parts and many of them you don't need. Yeah. yeah. Like MailChimp or ConvertKit. Pick one. Uh, yeah, anchor right. or Transistor or whatever. Right. There's so many. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you, you said Anchor. I went, OK. <laughs> well, it was free. So that's the only logic behind it. It works fine. It doesn't do video. There are probably tools out there that do podcasts and video and it doesn't. But it was free. And I figure we just post a video to YouTube, right? Yeah. 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 Which is good. So then if we have an audio and we have a video, we'll be able to get it transcribed using those fabulous, that fabulous tool you showed me. I made a list of of ingredients. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You'll get it transcribed. All this stuff hardly costs anything now. It's unbelievable. I was looking at the descript.com tool and it can, it automatically creates a transcript as you talk or you can upload the video and audio yeah. and create a transcript and you edit it by editing the words you can edit yeah. out whole sentences or paragraphs and the sound and... with it yeah it does and that i think it's you amazing can lop out the sound with the with the word it's brilliant yeah because i remember it identifies I... it identifies who the speaker is yeah you can yeah. you can it figures out the voices and it recognizes your voice versus mine yeah and it can Remarkable. automatically remove filler words. I knew software could do that. But I remember I had a, a one-hour podcast or chat yeah. I had with somebody. Yeah. I really wanted to strip, you know, make it a lot shorter. I got it yeah. down to about 25 minutes. Took me hours. Took me a whole morning to do yeah. that. Right. Just manually doing it. But look, that software would be able to do it so yeah. fast. You know? Oh, it's, it is, it's remarkable. Yeah. Right. So then um, if, you've got, if you've got the text and you've got yeah. the audio yeah. and you've got the video, you've got all three. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Ultimately, we'll have a website. That's why we picked something that had a .com available. Yeah. Let's Chat Sales. One of like 10 we yeah. probably had to look right. at. Let's Chat Sales. .com was available. That's the name of the podcast. Because eventually, everything will be housed on the .com because it's a website that we own. So even if the, the audio is hosted on anchor.fm, yeah. we will have a episode on the website yeah. that we can point people to. Yeah. We can say, go to Let's Chat sales.com slash 51 or whatever it is whatever however we decide to do it yeah and i think having it that as the hub and then you can have the video embedded into that article or sorry that that page you can have the audio or links to where people can listen to and then you can have the transcript and you can have 
yeah. content upgrade or something that somebody like a little checklist that's appropriate for that particular podcast episode. Yeah. And, and then if someone signs up to get updates, they're getting an email from hello at letschatsales.com. So one of the domains that you'd come up with, I, get, I thought it had a nice ring to it was andyandbrendan.com. <laughs> yeah. But the downside of that is it's, it's definitely got to be Andy and Brendan. Yeah. You can't ever have, well, you could have other guests on, I suppose. You're stuck with that. Right. And potentially if you wanted to build some, if it's an asset that gets built and if somebody wants to buy what you've built, then yeah. having it called after our names isn't yeah. probably the best thing. So let's chat sales. I think it's great. It's legit. It's what I do and what you do. And so it, yeah. it sort of makes sense. And it it has a certain kind of a casual inviting ring to it that that's not too that's not salesy, if you will. And then also we put your name first with Brenda McAdams and Andy Black, because you are a B2B sales guy or sales yeah. guy. That's what you position yourself as. I position right. myself more as like a marketing guy. So leading with you, the sales guy, and then got this marketing that was your, dude. That was your call. That was not my call. That yeah, was, I, I, I just think it makes fine. sense. Like you're, you're the sales guy and I'm a, yeah. I do sales. Every founder probably has to do sales. I think that's one of your philosophies right. anyway. So yeah. I, obviously I do sales. Just I'm never trained as a salesperson, just picked up whatever naturally was. Um, I know a guy who's got a book actually called Salescraft. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. I think you're the legit salesperson. So we put your name first and then I can come along. You're Batman. Uh, Robin, sorry. I, I think this podcast thing is kind of fundamental to our philosophies. And that is that we like to move rather quickly. And I tend toward the simple. Like I, I like things simpler fewer moving parts. And I'm quite happy to go in kind of half cocked, you know, not completely having everything figured out before launching and then error correct along the way. Figure it out as you go along. Yeah. It's better yeah. to start. It's better to start than, than to try and perfect everything first. Yeah. And I think that's why we're doing this because I'm the same. When I used to do sprinting in my teens, the coach had a phrase, go on the B of bang. So when yeah. the gun goes, you're not even listening for the gun, you're gone. And then you go, oh, I'm all 10 meters down the track. And then, then you figure out I'm already moving. So yeah. I'm the same. So we've got this going and we will figure stuff out as we go along. And we'll talk about it as well. And then we'll talk about other stuff and sales bits and bobs. I, I quite like this being our first episode because we are going to be figuring stuff out in public. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. And the podcast, you can see it. We haven't got the domain set. Well, we've got the domain. We haven't got a website up on it yet. Really. But Anchor sort of does that for you in a way. They just sort of give you a page to go to, to find the podcast and they kind of set up all the distribution for you. And, and Transistor does the same. And yeah, so we do need a, a website at some point, because if we're going to make things available to people like a write-up or a, a cheat sheet or something, we need to be able to store it somewhere. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I'd also think later on down the line, may, may move from Anchor to somewhere else for whatever reason. Who knows? Right. right. But you're always going to stay on the same website. Right. So ultimately, it's going to all going to be run off the website. I just think that WordPress is set up for having lots and lots of content. And so yeah. you'd go either go that route or you go Substack kind of a route. Substack, you you're building on someone else's property still. Yeah. It's not yeah. your domain. I, I'd want to own the domain and I'd want it to be a .com as well because if people hear your brand name, yeah. they might go and type it in. And yeah. if you're a .io or .co or whatever, I know they're quite popular. People might still type in the .com and go off to somebody else's site. Yeah. One of the advantages have, of having your own domain is you can put all the Google Analytics on. I mean, you probably get all that from Transistor and Anchor, I guess. I don't know. But then you can put like remarketing pixels on. 
So if people yeah. have visited, you can maybe right. remarket to them. You can have Hotjar, so you can see what people are doing on the site, where their yeah. mouse is going yeah. and hovering, where they're getting stuck and confused. You can actually watch a video session of somebody getting yeah. confused going through yeah. your site. I've you seen it before up, where people right? click on people click on little um, bullet points. We made some really fancy bullet points and people thought they were buttons and were clicking on them. So we went back to really plain bullet points. So oh. just little things like that. You can do that if it's your own site. Yeah. If you're using somebody else's platform, you can't do that. And then, you know, if you're using Substack yeah. as your newsletter or your website, and if you get banned for whatever reason, bang, all yeah, the content's you're gone. you're gone, right. I totally agree that having your own account and having all that data is important. So it just as a function of how simple do you want to make it? Like how plug and play do you want it to, it to be? Because these other moving parts do require a certain amount of effort and integration and get them set up. Okay. So for the WordPress stuff, I'm going to use, I've got a developer. He'll yeah. set that up. He'll take it. It's taking him a bit of time because he's doing other client stuff as well. Yeah. But rather than wait for that, you've already gone and created what, what is it? The trailer episode on yeah. Anchor and you've yeah. got the podcast already up on iTunes and Google yeah. podcasts, <laughs> right. all these other places before we've got going. So rather than wait for all these bits to be done i'm eager to yeah i was eager to start i once once yeah so once we made up a mind and we got the little artwork up and everything i'm thinking well it's just sitting there idle we got to get started on this we've got like they make it so easy like six of the distribution channels were kind of automatic and then i did two or three others and so now those sites are just waiting for us to come up with really clever things to say so we better get to it. <laughs> they might be waiting a while. But... <laughs> yeah. How much uh, production do you want to put into this? This is actually a legitimate question for us to kind of, kind of wrestle with, because I was sort of thinking that we'd hit the record button and then just, you know, yammer on for a while. And hopefully we can figure out ways to be interesting in the conversation. And then at some point we just hit the stop record button and then you just put it. But but you surprisingly want to get a little fancier and you want to have an intro or an outro, which I'm not opposed to, but now that adds another element. Okay. So I wouldn't say do that from the beginning. I just yeah. go do what we're doing. Probably edit yeah. even this one. No, it's it perfect already. <laughs> Maybe put it into Descript and just edit out little bits or whatever, just to make it flow. Like I keep thinking of the person who's listening. You yeah. know, can, are there any parts that we could have just could remove? And then maybe there's parts before and after to just yeah. sell people on listening to the whole thing. Like yeah. in this episode, we're going to talk about X, Y, and Z. Well, that's certainly easy to do. And if you do the transcript, you can see the big themes. If you've forgotten them during the course of the conversation, you can go back and look and see, oh, these are important kind of takeaways. I think we'll figure it out as we go along. Yeah, we're going to have, we're going to, have to. We're, we're going to bore the shit out of people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a little experience with podcasting now. I've been doing it for the Sales for Founders podcast for a, a bit as a guest host. And I, I find it quite fascinating, although it's a different model there. I'm sort of interviewing someone else about some aspect of sales. Whereas in this case, I think this is much more of a, just a chat about sales. We're going to be talking about various aspects of sales. And at some point, I would think we're going to talk about things like community and how to put one together or whether you do how to use email marketing and whether you should and what, what the pros and cons, you know, what would you like to cover? All of the above. Yeah. Plus it strikes me we're both consultant, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm an IT, I was an IT consultant and I'm, I'm a freelance marketing guy. There's loads of people out there who are, yeah. you know, their first step into business, if yeah. they've got a job is probably to sell a service, some right. skill that they have their time, sure. sell their time to do something for other yeah. people. The both of us haven't spent so long being consultants and selling our skills. Basically, we're, we're guns for hire. Our skill set, people want pay us for that. 
we would be able to talk about how to get those first freelance clients or how yeah. to negotiate the price and turn into repeat business and referrals, all, all the above. And even if you're not a salesperson, you need to know. You need yeah. to know if you're a freelancer. And if you're going right. to go into business, I do think becoming a freelance, whatever, whatever your skill set is, is probably the quickest way to get into business anyway. Absolutely. And most everyone has some level of skill or they can pick it up yeah. in a sh relatively short period of time. And I, that's one of the things I'd love to talk about too, is because I've been at it for a, a long time and I'm, I'm writing a book on, on that very aspect from the salesperson standpoint, freelance sales for salespeople. Right. Freelance yeah. salespeople. There you go. So which is what I've been doing. I've been a freelance IT yeah. contractor for 10 years. So I lived and died by my ability to get another contract, you know, so that's all down to CVs and dealing with the recruiters or agencies and then getting yeah. to the interview, doing a good interview, getting the yeah. contract, which might be three months, getting yeah. that extended until it and you know, yeah, yeah. so that's part of that game. And then I took that skill set to digital marketing as a Google ads consultant, same sort of thing. It's slightly different, actually. There's a big industry for IT contractors, especially in the UK. Yeah, in Ireland, probably in the US as well. But like getting freelance digital marketing work is kind of different. I'd say it's more akin to what other freelancers will be doing. You know, the graphic designers, web designers and developers, you're dealing with business owners rather than yeah. big enterprise businesses, dealing with the yeah. HR and the, you know, the hiring manager in the big business. Whereas mine's much more dealing with startup companies. And so they're early stage, they need salespeople, they need on a contract basis, some sort of sales leadership at some level. And they're either going in a new market or they're understaffed or they need someone senior or they need someone who knows that particular niche. And I, I think that that's going to be only growing in the years ahead, that sort of consultant-based, gig-based, freelance, solopreneur kind of market is going to continue to explode. Just see, see what I see on in Twitter, the, the things that people are doing on Twitter and what's possible. And the ability to market yourself on Twitter or, or on other social media. The fact that you can now buy ads literally a dollar a day, $2 a day. You can buy ad spend at, at micro levels and have it pay off. It's fascinating yeah. to me. It is fascinating. I know. I think like with the COVID as well, that's sending a lot of people to work from home. Probably could have worked from home before, but right. businesses didn't realize and they didn't realize. Now they're working from home. Do they want to go back to work? Do they want yeah. to go back into the office? Sorry. And then the model that we've had for, I don't know, hundreds of years is that you work for one company. Yeah. You might do quite a few things in that company. Whereas I think it's moving a little bit more towards you might work for five companies or 10 companies, but yeah. just doing one yeah. very specific thing. Well, that's an interesting topic to wrestle with because the standard advice is niche down quite a bit, like get very hyper-specialized. And I think that's generally true. For me, rather than be a sales guy, it's better to be a sales guy to tech startups and better than being a sales guy to tech startups is being a sales guy to healthcare tech startups. Now I'm in a very small niche. And ideally, I could even niche down further and say, I'm, I really only focus on patient-facing, physician-facing sorts of solutions, which is kind of where I, I typically fit. And I'm fortunate enough that in healthcare in the United States, which is just enormous industry, that's still a pretty big market. Your thoughts? I yeah, I think niching down is the right thing to do. I think, though, beginners' first questions typically is what's what's my niche what should i niche down to and my advice normally to folks just getting started is yeah. just go help folks with whatever yeah. skill set you've got you've yeah. probably already got skills you don't need to go on a course you've probably got skills already 
you maybe don't even need particular skills. There could be somebody who needs something done. You could just pick it up as you go along. Just go help lots of people and your niche will start to reveal itself yeah. over time. Like, so I'm a Google Ads guy. I think that's almost a bit too broad of a niche. You know, right. There's too many business. I should really be Google Ads for blacksmiths or Google Ads for shepherds or whatever. Get really, really niched. <laughs> for I don't think they have a need. But by getting started as Google yeah. Ads, I yeah. can deal with lots of different businesses. And over time, I realize which businesses it works better for and which businesses I prefer dealing with. Yeah. And when I look back at all the different businesses I've dealt with and see who's churned, what types yeah. of businesses churn and what have stayed, and then I can see the pattern between them all and go, oh, I should be focusing on those and not those. I'm an enterprise sales guy, right? Historically, all my stuff has been selling to large companies, right? To, I sold to at t Bell Labs. I've sold to Citigroup and Merrill Lynch and a bunch of healthcare companies. And my philosophy is along the same lines in the, in, in the sense that I go after a niche in the sense that I just try and find an in. I try and see where there's an opportunity. Because I know that if I can get inside a company and start working with them, I can deliver results, right? And so it's help, helping people, right? And then that always turns into more business. In the same way, at an enterprise level, I always found it's always been very successful if I can just figure out a way to get my foot in the door, some project. Because if I can get in my foot in the door and get a project going, I can deliver on that project and then use that to become valuable to them inside the organization in other areas. So you start out with a niche, you start out helping someone in some particular area, and then you leverage that elsewhere inside the organization through relationships, through discovery, through understanding their business problems and processes and all that sort of stuff. Now we're talking about sales here, of course, sales 101, but those sorts of things are that just another way of looking at helping people or finding a niche. And then if you keep finding that you're able to help people and it ends up being the same problem that you're helping them with, and yeah. you will get better at solving that problem. You right, be, of course. get yeah. better at finding people who have that problem. And then they will tell other people who've got that problem. Oh, Brendan helped us with this yeah. and before you know it. That's what you start becoming known as. Oh, Brendan, he's really good at like healthcare yeah. startup. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I call that instead of product market fit, I call it product customer fit. If you can find your product or your solution and you can find a customer and you do that over and over again, the overlap of those customers, you start to see where your product market fit is because you've kind of defined a product customer fit. And really a product market fit is just the accumulation of a bunch of customers that have a common set of criteria or characteristics. I feel that people spend a bit too long navel gazing what their ideal customer look like and the picture up and giving them a name and where oh, they go like to school persona and all too. that kind of yeah personas Persona, personas all yeah. that kind of stuff when they haven't engaged the market at all not spoke to anyone they haven't got any customers yeah. i'd rather be out there chatting to people and then i even tell my team like my software developer and graphic designer yeah. and we're saying oh okay you know so remember john well he's yeah. a bit like john in that he's very fast and he wants to get stuff done, et cetera. They know exactly who John was because we dealt right. with John. Right. The whole project, it fell apart because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. And it might have started off good, but it, kept, you know, it went off the rails because of whatever reason. Yeah. So instead of us making up all these avatars, and then this guy's perfect, he's just like such and such. And I'd be like, yeah. oh, I know exactly what you mean. So rather than us navel gazing, trying to figure out who we think is going to be great, we just engage the market, get it wrong loads of times. 
and get yeah. it right loads of times. And getting it wrong actually tells us what not to do. And then if you can have the discipline to know when to walk away from something because it's not in your skill set, not something you want to do, right? And so you have to have a certain amount of discipline. So when in, you're out there having these conversations with, with customers and you're turning up opportunities, you have to have some level of discipline about what sorts of opportunities you want to pursue. So you have to kind of qualify them as much as they're qualifying you, if you will. Absolutely. You get your feet under the table. You're in helping with one thing. They get to know, like, and trust you. And they can see your process. You can, they can see the visibility of the work being right. done and why right. you're doing it, et cetera. They right. like that. So then they're like, can you do the SEO? No, I don't do SEO. <laughs> can yeah. you look after the WordPress website? I don't do websites. You know, so that's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, uh, to get started, you have to say yes to everything. And to get successful, you have to say no to everything. Yeah. So you just get started. You say yes to everything. And over time, yeah. you're going to figure out what works for you, yeah. for your particular skill set and where you can get loads of clients from. Because, you know, there might be a great market, but you can't actually access them. So, you know, well, you, need to, you need to be a route to market as well. Yeah, and but then, another... I'm sorry, yeah. keep going. And then, so naturally, over time, you will deal with clients where it works because they are going to be the ones who refer you to other people and they're right. going to be your better case studies, et cetera. So you will find by saying yes to everything that lots don't work. Some do. And then you've got to have that discipline of saying no, when other stuff comes up and trying to focus. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're in talking to customers about a, and, and you're selling them service a, and you keep hearing back service B, you go in and you're doing uh, email marketing, you're doing website development and they say, can you really do my SEO? And you keep hearing that over and over again, then maybe you ought to get good at SEO too, right? Maybe you, you are leaving, like I hate saying that phrase, but money on the table, you're leaving money on the table. And you're also not helping to solve a problem because if they keep coming to you and say, hey, you're doing my website, can you also optimize for SEO? It, it probably behooves you at some point to look seriously at developing that skill set or partnering with someone who can. So you can kind of solve the bigger problem for your customer. Yep. That's true. I think in my case, I decided not to add SEO or web design and all that kind of stuff to my skill set or to my offerings, yeah. because I think Google ads yeah. is just such a big market. You know, yeah. it's, it's too big a market. I really should be niching down, you know, there's yeah. Google ads for e-commerce sites and then yeah. all the different types of e-commerce, you know, is yeah. occurring revenue stuff? Is it like, you know, subscription boxes, is supplements, is it like clothes, is it whatever? So many of those. And then there's Google ads for lead generation and like yeah. lead generation could be split between big national car insurance, home health insurance, that kind of stuff, or local lead gen, like your blacksmiths, yeah. shepherds, right. plumbers, Shep electricians, et cetera. Right. right, yeah. So I should be niching down. My problem is I find it very hard to say no. Somebody come up with an interest in business or industry, yeah. and I'm just fascinated yeah. immediately, and I want to go to Google Keyword Planner and check it out and have that call with them, discuss it and learn more. And I probably should be saying no to more of those. Well, you do like your chats, right? You have yeah. a lot of chats with people that are, it should be customers, but you don't want you don't want to have them as customers. Well, what what I found very handy was using yeah, it was using Calendly, so yeah. that I can only have a limited number in the week. And when they're oh. when they're booked, people just have to book them further out in advance. So oh, I, you just some, well, you block out time. Certain yeah, I've only got like a few sessions that I can do of these a week. Okay. Uh, yeah, Otherwise, I, my natural inclination, I'd want to have a chat with everybody. I'm a little bit the same way. At some point, you got to knuckle down and and get stuff done. Right, because yeah. people will consume your whole calendar. What I'm really fascinated by is putting ad spend behind something where there's an image or a video, video. and people click on it and they get sent somewhere. So to let's chat sales.com slash whatever episode, maybe people get sent to episodes and we can run ads. That would yeah. be right up my street. 
I want to do that. I think we ought to do that a little bit with this and as an experiment, right? We ought to see what kind of awareness that we get. So that's good. We have a plan. And this is how I, I like to do things. You get it going, you start and then learn and figure out and then iterate. And as long as you don't crash and burn in the short term, you have the, the opportunity to refine and get better. And and improve and and the early adopters tend to appreciate that right yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny, right, we'll finish on then one of my favorite lines and it's from james shramko because you said if you don't crash and burn yeah. um you can't steer a parked car right <laughs> that's right you can't steer it, a parked car we just got to right. get going and then yeah. you'll steer then we'll figure it out and then we'll get better all right, all right then. so this is good i think yeah. so <laughs> i think we're good all right well then i'll i guess i'll talk to you when i next talk to you yeah yeah All All right, right, then. Speak to you later, Brendan.